Welcome to the 72nd episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host, Randy Winograd. In this edition of the podcast, we will talk about Major League Baseball and have another installment of random assorted important news in the world of sports. Let's jump right in with a look at Major League Baseball, starting with the National League East. The Braves are 8-2 in their last 10 after their 9-game win streak got ended against the Yankees, while the Phillies... And the Mets continue to struggle. The Mets because uh, of their schedule and the Phillies because they can't figure out how to win a baseball game uh, against anybody. Fun fact, the Phillies are the only team this year to play Arizona at all, a single game, and not beat them a single time. Uh, They are also, I believe, about to go into extra innings with them right now uh, as they're sitting 0-4 currently against them in the season. And by the way, just like you have to beat the team, just like we say it for the Giants and the Dodgers, the reason why there's a giant gap between them and the Padres, the Padres are even record against the Rockies basically this season and have and are okay against the Diamondbacks, but considering how bad they are, should have a lot a, a, a much better record. The Dodgers and Giants, meanwhile, only have like five losses combined against those two. The Phillies, 0-4. You have to capitalize on those opportunities. And by the way, they are 63 and 64, five and a half games back. Imagine if they're four and zero in those games instead of four, instead of zero and four it would make a big difference. If they were sixty seven and sixty instead of sixty three and sixty four, uh, and even if they were just three and one in those games, but to get swept by the Diamondbacks and lose the first game of the next series, it's awful. That's the reason why the Phillies are so far behind. They can't take care of business. They had an eight zero start, and as soon as they lost their first game this month, they've just pretty much gone downhill since. I think they're four and eight since their first loss. Uh, in August, which is just, I mean, it's just not good for the Phillies. And, uh, you know, good luck, I mean, good luck pulling it back together for the end of the season because I think they have some more games against the Dodgers and the Giants. I don't recall them playing the Giants at all this year. Uh, and I think they played the Dodgers. They might have actually played both their series against the Dodgers. But still, uh, you have Atlanta in first at 68-58, and 58, as I said. You have the Phillies in second at 63-64, and 64, five and a half games back. The Mets at 61-66, and 66, seven and a half games back. The Washington Nationals at 54 and 72 are 14 games back. And then the Miami Marlins are in last place of this division at 53 and 75, 16 games back. Uh, The Mets, Phillies, and Marlins all 2 and 8 in their last 10 compared to the Braves 8 and 2, which has brought them to their division lead and allowed them to really crack it wide open. Yeah, I mean, you said it. The, uh, the the Mets have an excuse for going two and eight. They were playing the two best teams or two of the top three teams. No, the two best the two records. Be- yeah, yep. two best records in Major League Baseball. So you could that was to be expected. But the Phillies just inexcusable. So let's move on to the National League Central. In the NL Central, the Brewers are at the top at seventy eight and fifty. Although the Reds are still maintaining where they've been for a while, uh, at seven and nine games back has been pretty much the range they've been range they've been bouncing around in for a while. Currently eight and a half games back. Uh, they did play the Brewers this week, and that was probably their last opportunity to really start putting pressure on the Brewers to make it close. They probably needed to sweep. They only took the season, uh, the season, not the season ender. It's not the end of the season quite yet. The series, the, the series finale in that series against the Brewers, and they lost two out of three in total. So overall, they'd probably think that wouldn't be a good week for them. But because the Dodgers swept the Padres, they actually gained ground in the wild card race while losing that series to the Brewers in the middle of the week. Uh, and now there are two games in front of San Diego in the wild card race after just avoiding a sweep at Milwaukee was all they needed to do to get there. 
pretty crazy. I bet they are very, very happy that they're getting uh, the help that they need from the other teams because they can't really do it themselves, apparently. Uh, but this weekend, have a series against the Marlins, so that's probably an opportunity for them to take care of their business. And maybe the Padres lose one of those two games against the Angels, and then the Reds pull up another game ahead if they're able to sweep the Marlins. And look, they could really start to put the the Padres in the rearview mirror with the schedule that the Padres have. And concerning who else is in this division for the Reds, even if they have the divisional games, they should not be that hard. Uh, but in the rest of this division, so the Reds are eight and a half back. They're again six and four in their last ten. Brewers are seven and three. It's maintaining like that. It's been like that for a while now. Uh, but the Cardinals are 13 games back, 64 and 62, which means that they're five. They're they're four and a half games back of that second wild card spot. Not entirely out of the race. They still ha- certainly have the talent to do it, but they have to stay healthy and they have to play better. And I don't see both those things happening because a lot of teams are playing worse right now, and a lot of teams are not getting any healthier. Uh, then you have the Cubs, 22 and a half games back. Surprisingly, only 22 and a half games back, I should say. Uh, 56 and 73 on the season. Surprisingly, only four and six in their last 10. Yeah, good week not, for the Cubs. N- not too bad, honestly. Uh, well, for them, good I should say. Cubs, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then the Pittsburgh Pirates, 47 and 81, 30, 31 games back. Not really doing much from them, but, uh, yeah, the NL Central looks like it's pretty much a done deal, although it is, the, the two teams are still intriguing there at the top, obviously, with the Reds. Uh, in the wild card spot, and I guess you could say the Cardinals factor into the wild card race a little bit, especially if they're maybe able to sweep the Reds in a series and really make it interesting. I mean, look, they sweep them. You're talking about a one and a half game lead if if they started a series tomorrow when they swept them. So uh, it could still get interesting, but I think the Brewers have the division locked up. Yeah, uh, I think the Cardinals are hanging on by a thread to, to wild card contention. Uh, they're four and a half back. From the from the Reds, like you although said. I will say they still have a better chance. I'll say they have a better chance to make the playoffs than the Mets, though. Definitely, um, I will give them that. And, and even the playoff predictor agrees with that. Yeah, uh, barely enough. Playoff predictor <laughs> gives the Brewers a hundred percent chance of making the playoffs. Um, don't know how that's possible at this time of the year, but that's a separate topic. All right, let's move on to the National League West. Yes, you have two teams that have that 100% playoff percentage, <laughs> as you were talking about. Uh, the Giants with the best record in the league at 83-44. and 44. The Dodgers with the second best record in the league at 81-47, and 47, just two and a half games back of San Francisco. Dodgers go 9-1 and one in their last 10. San Francisco 8-2. and two. Uh, The Dodgers still do make up one and a half games over, I think, the last week and a half or so uh, to, get, to go from four games back to two and a half games back, which is... Uh, it's good, uh, and the Dodgers probably need to make up games at a faster rate, although if they take two out of three in the series against the Giants, then that will expedite that process a little bit, and if they sweep it, then it would really, really change that because a sweep in that series, if everything, even if everything stayed even for now, uh, would be the Dodgers taking that division lead. And the Giants really have some tough games coming up. They have a series against the Braves this weekend. They have some more series against the Padres coming up. The Dodgers just swept their series against the Padres, which is very, very important because the Padres are really one of the better teams that the Dodgers will play for the rest of the year. Uh, Pretty much the same record as the Braves, who are probably the second best team the Dodgers play in the rest of the season, if you exclude the Giants for that one little series. Uh, Both teams done with their... Actually, no, the Dodgers done with their series against the Brewers, but the the Giants still do have to play the Brewers, and I think that actually comes up this week. So you have the Braves, then you have the Brewers... I think they have a series against Colorado on the road, and there's one other team that I'm missing in between there that's, I don't think, a playoff team, but a good team. Uh, so the Giants do have some, uh, they have some stuff in their schedule to work through while the Dodgers are playing 
an easier schedule playing Colorado right now at home, one of the worst road teams in the league. Uh, and then also playing Atlanta, which same series as the Giants, although this one at home for the Dodgers. Then you have the San Diego Padres. 68 and 61, 16 games back of the Giants, and 13 and a half back of the Dodgers after the sweep that the Dodgers pulled off against the Padres at Dodger Stadium South in San Diego. Uh, they had a .09 average as a team over the entire series, and we will talk about that Wednesday game later, uh, which was part of a ridiculous day in baseball that a lot of the teams we just talked about are involved in. But <laughs> we'll save that discussion for later. But this that series was really just a clinic of two teams going in opposite directions. Uh, actually really reminded me of every single game the Mets have played for the last 13 games. Them playing against the Dodgers and the Giants, they're injured, they're not getting healthier, they're going back, they're losing their divisional lead, the Dodgers and the Giants still heavily in the fight, and fighting pretty well, might I add, a pretty good fight between those two. Uh, and look, this division is going to come down to probably the last few days of the year, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if you end up, I think the season series between the Dodgers and the Giants is tied right now, 8-8. Eight and eight. One of the teams probably will end up 10-9 and nine overall, and maybe that one game of a difference might end up being the slight difference, although both teams could point to a few games that they got lucky with and a few games that they got not so lucky with. Uh, but the, the Dodgers hope that maybe this weekend, while the Giants are playing on the road against a hot Atlanta team that, I mean, look, they had won 10 in a row before, or 9 in a row before losing those two games to the Yankees. They're hoping that that team can pick up its form again after having a little bit of an, having an off day, I should say, not a little bit of an off day, an actual off day. They didn't play uh, on Thursday, and maybe they could pick up back, pick their form back up, uh, and maybe they can help the Dodgers make up a game, a game, game, two games, maybe three, although I think it would be a reach for the, for the Braves to sweep the Giants. I think that would be a little bit too challenging for them, but the Dodgers definitely getting some help with the schedule, and if they're able to beat the Braves at home... Uh, after the Giants end up playing the Braves. Look, I don't think the Giants are going to fare better against the Brewers than the Dodgers are against the Braves. If the Dodgers get within... I think this is the week where the Dodgers should get within one game. And if they're not within one game of the division lead by the end of the next week, that will start to be a problem, and it will really have to come down to that head-to-head. -head. But if they are within a game, they could really scrape it out in, in the other games and even lose that series to the Giants down the stretch and still win the division. Uh, but... Overall, a very interesting divisional race in the NL West, although the Padres even, they're, they're now also not even in the wild card race at this point. They're pretty far back in that race. They're two, they're two games back with the Reds with an easy series and playing really well also at the, at the moment. Uh, and then you have the Rockies, 25 games back, 58 and 69, blah, 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 blah. The Arizona Diamondbacks, the Phillies killers at 44 and 85, 40 games back, but 4-0 against the Phillies. Um, and they are actually 6-4 and four in their last 10. Ironically enough, every team in this division has a winning record in their last 10 games, except for the Padres, who are 2-8. and eight. Yeah, I mean, you've, we've talked about this, the, you, the, the surprising nature of the Padres. If you looked at these standings at the beginning of the year and you just flipped San Francisco and San Diego, you'd be like, that's plausible. The Padres, 2.5 up on the Dodgers, and then San Francisco in the rearview mirror, 16 games back. I mean... It's just insane that the Padres are 16 games back of the Giants, what, 12 and a half, 13 and a half games behind the Dodgers. The Rockies are 25 games out of first place. And 
the Padres are closer to the Rockies than they are the Dodgers or the Giants in the state. And it's not close either. It's not even close. It's insane. So uh, in San Diego, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of an enigma this year. Um, and what we said about the Dodgers, they're going to get healthy and they're going to make the race close. And if they're within a few games by September, they're in good shape. And that's exactly where they are. And by the way, they're, they're, they still haven't been healthy because Mookie Betts was injured and he came and back and then Muncy got yep. hurt. And Cody Bellinger may as well be dead right now, but he's still in the lineup. <laughs> At least his bat's dead, so I'd consider him partially injured. And also, I would say, let's not. I skipped over the Rockies, but I'll say they have the best. They had the best home. They have the best home record in the league. Somehow, this team is a losing record team with the best home record in the entire major leagues. Yeah, they have more home wins. They, I don't know exactly. No, it is the they have the best record. I I checked this. For, Giants it's might n- be better at forty two and nineteen versus forty three and twenty two percentage wise. It's close. But earlier this week it oh, was, yeah, yeah. and anyway. Better than the Rays, better than the White Sox. They're better than a lot of teams that they shouldn't be. Better than the Astros, better than the Dodgers. Or, well, technically same if you were to put it in the standings. But it is really crazy that they are this good at home and yet this bad on the road. Although, if there were ever a team to have splits like that, you would expect yes, it to be Colorado. The Definitely. To be Colorado, not the Padres. Sorry, sorry, Colorado. Yes, sorry. Um, yeah. They actually, you're right, and they have the worst home. They have the worst away record in baseball, 15 and 47. Yeah, really a tale of two teams. Even worse than the Diamondbacks somehow. Yeah, 15 wins at home. All right, let's uh, move off the National League. I mean, the National League, and move over to the American League East. In the AL East, we have the Rays playing well, but the Yankees playing even better. I won't say way better because the Rays are playing really, really well. They are now only four games back as they roll on with a 12-game active win streak. Uh, they're playing at the A's this weekend, so maybe that team could st- could snap that streak. But at the same time, the A's are going in the opposite direction. And by the way, the Braves, who had won nine in a row before the series against the Yankees, they couldn't win either of those two games. So look, the Yankees are really, really, really playing well right now. Uh, again, 12 in a row. The Rays are 8-2 and two in their last 10 and have lost a lot of ground somehow. Only four games up in the division. But the Yankees have even put the Red Sox in the rearview mirror. Now three games ahead of the Red Sox. They're almost closer to first place than they are to third, which is something that you wouldn't think you would have said, I don't know, maybe 14 days ago before (laughs) before these 12 games. Uh, And just overall, I have to say, if you look at the A's, you look at the Mariners, they're starting to fall off. How fun would a Yankees-Red Sox one-game wildcard series be? Because that is what we're lined up for right now. And that four-game lead definitely could disappear with how good the Yankees are playing. But at the same time, can it not disappear so that we see them in the wild card against the Red Sox? Because I would love a Yankees-Red Sox wild card matchup. What about you with that? <laughs> that would remind me, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade when the Yankees and the Red Sox uh, tied for the, the American League East um, division title and they had to do a one-game playoff. And I remember my teacher rolled the big television on the AV cart you know, into the classroom so that we could watch the game, which I thought was one of the coolest things ever. Maybe fifth grade, fourth grade, I don't know, but that would it was a big deal. I think famous Bucky, Bucky Dent home run. Oh, and by the way, I will say, the same thing could happen in the National League on a bigger scale because if the Dodgers are able to win the wild card game that they or actually, well, let's say, the Dodgers or the Giants, whoever loses that division, they will play the other team in the first round yeah. because I don't see anybody I I guess the Brewers have a shot, but I don't see them catching the Dodgers in terms of record, even if the Giants like slumped a lot and then the Dodgers got the best record, I would still see the Dodgers being the home being the home field team, which if they were the number one overall seed, 
I get there's not really seeds in baseball, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, the best di- division winner, then you have the wild card playing them. That would be the Giants. Giants Dodgers NLDS sounds really fun to me too. Yeah, uh, although for both teams it would and fan bases it would be really really stressful. You have a similar scenario than it playing out in the American League in the East as you do in the National League West, as you're pointing out. Which yeah, there's two very very good teams at the top of the division, and the difference between winning the division and coming in second place can be: Do you have to play a wild card game to win and also burn your number one starter, and then go on the road against the other team? Yep. So. Very and then, and then let's also move on to the rest of the AL East. The Blue Jays have really fa- not not fell off necessarily, but faded away from this race. Twelve and a half games back, which means they're five and a half games back of the wild card spot, uh, which is the Boston Red Sox right now at sixty six and sixty, four and six in their last ten. Then you have the Orioles, who will get to what they did for the last two or three weeks uh, soon. I actually didn't want to jinx them losing their win- losing streak, actually, because it's kind of fun. Uh, y- you know, you say the guy, you say somebody's pitching a no hitter, or the next inning he's going to give up a hit. So I didn't want to say that they had a losing streak because I knew they were going to stop losing. Uh, I I saved it for a random assorted important news, just like I did with the Diamondbacks, and unfortunately they did end that streak. Although I guess. I guess that's not unfortunate. You don't want teams to lose forever. But uh, do you think the Orioles will get to 50 wins this season? Um, they're, they need to win 10 more games yes. with 36 to play. Yeah. That's 333 ball. Oh, boy, they have to play better than they've been playing all season. But they did have that huge losing. I'm going to say yes. That's a good question. We'll follow that. I'm going to say yes, even though the, the, the Orioles weren't just losing. They lost when the losing streak was 16 games. Yeah, all of them by... They lost all 16 yep. games by more than one run. That had never happened before in baseball since 1900. And prior to 1900, it happened twice. One team at 16 times, one team at 18 times. They were just losing and losing, not even close. But the most ironic thing of this all uh, with the Orioles is that they actually snapped the win streak with a five-run comeback. They were down by five runs and won the game. Not only did they make that comeback, they lead the league in four-run deficit comebacks this year, even though they're the worst team in the league. They lead the league because in those types of comebacks. By four by more than any other team. I guess they have a lot more opportunities than the Dodgers do, but at the same time, the Red Sox had something like 40 comeback wins when they only had 60 total, so you'd figure that some of them would be by four runs or more. Uh, and by the way, it's just crazy how bad the Orioles are, but at the same time... Uh, hopefully you'll see some exciting prospects coming up soon, although I think they've been playing them all season long with how bad they've been, to be quite honest. But 2-8 and eight in the last 10, same mark as the Padres, same mark as the Marlins, same mark as the Phillies, same as the Mets, uh, and also same as the A's. So actually not that bad, even after that bad of a losing streak. And by the way, that losing streak did reach all the way to 18 games before they won. Actually, the last two games of the Orioles, of the series against the Angels... Uh, despite a Shohei Otani first inning home run in one of the games, and then they ended up winning, I think, 13-1. to So Angel's not looking too good either. All right, well, let's go from talking about a crazy bad team to a team you could call crazy good, although they just had a uh, mediocre last 10 games. Let's go to the AL Central. Yeah, not exactly a crazy good team, but a good team nonetheless, a great team to the Chicago White Sox, 74-55 and on the year. Five and five in their last 10, yeah, uh, but they're, they're nine games ahead of the Indians still, which I was surprised to, to find out that is still actually the largest lead uh, in terms of the first place team over second team in the league, uh, which honestly did surprise me a little bit because the White Sox have not played their 
best recently. They've still played fine, but they haven't played their best. Uh, and the Indians haven't played too great either, although 7-10 in their last... Uh, it's 7-10. and 7-3 seven and three in their last 10, excuse me, uh, brings them to nine games back. They've won two in a row. Uh, but 500. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, still the biggest lead. Still probably not going to give it up just based on the Indians' talent. That was that team was a seller at the trade deadline. They don't have their Cy Young winner healthy right now. Uh, so it, it does not look like that's a team that's going to be contending for anything by the end of the year. And uh, they play an, an important series against the Red Sox this weekend to see if this see if they can sustain their winning ways. If they can't, probably also locks them out of the wild card race too because the Red Sox will have beaten them down and also have the opportunity to get wins for themselves. Then you have the Tigers, 12 and a half games back, 61 and 67. Something more important than happened for that franchise this weekend, or earlier last weekend, I should say, at the end of last weekend. Uh, but we'll talk about that in random assorted important news. Then you have the Royals, 16 games back, 57 and 70. The Twins, 55 and 72, 18 games back. I don't need to talk about the embarrassment of being behind the Tigers for two franchises that made a lot of free agent signings, but it is embarrassing. Yeah, there's not much to say about this division. Let's move on to the American League West. In the AL West, we have the Houston Astros, who have played at a level that they should not be maintaining a division lead, but at the same time, they are. They have won two in their last two games, but they are still 5-5 five and five in their last 10. The A's are five and a half games back, 70-58, and 58, losing five games in a row, two and eight in their last 10. The only reason the Astros are actually gaining, bringing their lead back up. Uh, then they have the Mariners at six and a half games back, who I believe swept the A's to start this losing streak uh, at 69 and 59, which is, again, that's pretty good, actually. And it gives them a chance to be in the wild card race, although I don't think it matters if you're third place in the wild card because, well, it doesn't get you anything. So they gained some ground on the A's, but at the same time, they're still very far away from catching the Red Sox, uh, about four games, three and a half, I think. So not great, but not too bad either when you're the when you're the Mariners. And then the Angels, 13 games back, 63 and 66. We talked about the two losses at the end of the series to the Orioles. That's just bad. It's just very, very bad. Uh, then you have the Rangers, 31 games back, three and seven in the last 10, which I guess isn't that bad for them. Uh, and 44 and 83, although they did bring up their prospect from the Yankees trade, actually, to make his Major League debut tonight. So we'll see what happens there. And, you know, they're playing for next year at this point. Yeah, the Rangers season has been over uh, a long time. They fall into the category of the Rangers, Orioles, Diamondbacks. Um, well, that look, wraps up our look at Major League Baseball for this week. Let's turn our attention to the latest installment of Random Assorted Important News from the World of Sports. To start off this week of random assorted important news, actually, and to end it too, we will be talking about some stuff in the future before uh, some MLB stuff in the middle. The U.S. Open starts on August 30th. No Venus, no Serena Williams, no Rafael Nadal, no Roger Federer. So who's your prediction for who wins, considering that the number one seed has not made it past the fourth round in the U.S. Open on the women's side, and the men's side has, uh, well, it has Novak Djokovic. In terms of my opinion... I think, obviously, Novak Djokovic, uh, although I will say if you're looking for the second-place honorary runner-up, that's probably the most important. Uh, I'll go with Medvedev while those while those other top three players are out. And for the women's side, I'm going to go a little bit of an upset. I'm not picking the defending champion, Naomi Osaka, uh, or the number one overall seed. I'm going to see number five, Alina Svitolina. Why? Don't know. She just won a tournament, though, in Chicago, and she said that she needed some practice, played a lot of events in that warm-up 
in that little warm-up tournament, and she played pretty well in them, so she's got a lot of momentum going in. That's who my pick is. What about you? I'll agree with you on Djokovic there. Hard to pick against him. But I'm going to say the streak ends, um, and Ash Barty, number one seed, um, takes it on the women's side. I agree with you, Osaka. Is, she's not just in championship form. So I'll do, be very... And I think she said that herself. I'll so be very I don't... predictable, and I'll take the two... Two top seeds, two big names, two big favorites. All right. Uh, let's move on from tennis. Go to baseball, even though we've been talking about baseball the whole time. Um, Yadier Molina has announced that he will retire following the 2022 season, and he has signed a one-year $10 million extension with St. Louis for next season to end his career after 19 seasons with the Cardinals, or I guess after what will be 19 seasons with the Cardinals. Uh I guess I'm happy that he announced that he's going to end it so that we can actually have a Yadier Molina farewell tour. I think that's pretty cool that there's going to be one of those. But at the same time, sad to see Yadi go. Uh, and, you know, you never want to see a great of the sport leave, although he is he is getting up there in the in age. So base not very surprising. rejoice. Yes, that is true. Any base dealer in the NL Central is very, very happy about this move. Uh, going back to more news with some greats of the game. On Sunday, Miguel Cabrera hit his 500th career home run. He is the first player to do so with the while on the Tigers to hit his 500th career home run on the Tigers out of 28 guys who have hit 500 home runs. Let it be and and I mean, look, Miggy's great, right? I think there's no, I think there's nothing else you can say about it. Miggy is just great. Uh great for the Tigers organization, provided them with that World Series appearance, provided the Marlins with their World Series win. Truly one of the greats of the game. Uh, great to see that he got his 500th home run, and now he'll chase 3,000 hits. He needs, I think, only 40 in the rest of the season, something like that. Uh, so it is possible with about 40 games remaining, but mm, I, I wouldn't say likely, but it is possible. An interesting fact about the... I would, growing up a Tigers fan, I wouldn't have guessed uh, that Miggy would be the only Tiger with 500 home runs. Uh, had Tigers had some great sluggers over the years, some Hall of Fame sluggers, Al Kaline, um, Cecil Fielder. Big home run here, but then again, you think about it, he played a lot in Toronto, and then he moved on uh, to play for the Yankees, but he was a big home run hitter. Daryl Evans, although he started his career with the Atlanta Braves. So congratulations to Miggy. Um, again, I know he didn't hit all 500 with the Tigers either, but the first person in a Tiger uniform to do it. And uh, let's get him get his 3,000th hit. I think that um, there's a former Tiger that finished his career with 2,999 hits. May have been Al Kalen. I'll have to look it up. But can you imagine somebody doing that these days? You'd think bring him back for like sign him for a one more year contract and bring him back you for would, one more hit. I think you would. I think uh, I think that would be a contract incentive laid uh, an incentive laden contract that you would days. have. Yeah, uh, just like there's a I think it's in the NFL where you can sign a contract for a day to retire as a mem- as a member of a team. I don't know what league that's in, but a league there is a league that does that. One of the four major sports does do that. Uh, but at the same time, congrats to Miggy. Let's move on from the great things in baseball and move on to the weird things in baseball. Wednesday, August 25th, uh, the, ter- the, ter- the day that I'm coining the weirdest day in baseball history in my lifetime, at the very least. First, the, ten- the first 10-inning doubleheader game since the seventh inning, since the seven-inning doubleheader rule was established happened. Colorado beat Chicago 13-10 in 10 innings, by the way, mind you. The Chicago Cubs scored three in the bottom of the seventh to put it in to extra innings in the first place. And another thing, Colorado won a road game, which is also weird. Second thing that happened on that day, although this one's not weird, it's just uh, it's just strange that when you have one of those strange days, typically everything happens to be strange. There's normally not a milestone or anything. 
Paul Goldschmidt homers for his 900th career RBI. Congrats to Paul Goldschmidt. Then, third, well, shouldn't have been third, but we'll get to that later. The Giants and the Mets played the weirdest game I have seen all season. The Mets hit into five double plays, which seems like something the Mets would do. However, all of them were in the first seven innings, and two of them weren't on ground balls. They were on lineouts, which is very, very rare, I think, at least. Uh, but five double plays total is pretty rare. It is their season high somehow, even though the Mets are kind of known for choking with runners in scoring position. Uh, then the Mets gave up give up an error and a bloop single. Luis Rojas decides that with 74 pitches and only in the sixth inning, uh, after Taiwan Walker has only given up a solo home run to Chris Bryant, that he should take him out of the game. So what happens on the next pitch? Double. Both runs score. The Giants take the lead. Eventually, what's the game-winning double? And by the way, that blows their 2-1 lead. And the Giants committed an error in the ninth. Uh, <laughs> really a ridiculous game. I, I can't even say this with a straight face. Brandon Belt dropped a pop-up in, in uh, foul territory after Chris Bryant threw away a routine ground ball to third that was to third to give up the first run of the game. Uh, it really, this game is just so weird. Then Brandon Belt drops the foul, t- the, the ball in foul territory. That actually doesn't count as an error because I guess you can't assume that people are going to catch foul outs. I don't know why. Don't ask me. Um, then the Giants with a man on and one out in the in the top of the ninth or the bottom of the ninth inning, up three to two. A, a very routine pop fly is hit in the center field. <laughs> Austin Slater and Darren Ruff. Uh, or, or Corey Dicker, Alex Dickerson. I should, wow, there's too many, too many Dickersons in the league. Alex Dickerson and Austin Slater collide into each other, drop the ball, and eventually the Mets load the bases. And in typical Mets form, pop outs, two pop outs actually, uh, not in succession. One for the second out, and then one for the third out after the walk and the game. Even though those pop outs were by Lindor and by Alonso, they got their best hitters out up. But in terms of Mets form. Uh, in typical Mets form, I should say, they still managed to lose the game somehow uh, off of we even with their best hitters at the plate. So, by the way, weirdest game of the year, three to two, one of the best te- the best team in baseball by record, committing two errors and by the way, really committed three with only two of them that actually got listed. But still, just a really really insane game uh, and very very weird. And that wasn't even the weirdest game of the day actually. In the weirdest game of the day, before that game ended. Kenley Jansen became the 12th relief pitcher of all time with 1,000 career strikeouts, the only one either than, or other than, I should say, Mariano Rivera and Trevor Hoffman to do it all in either just the National League or just the American League. Obviously, Mariano Rivera all with the Yankees and Trevor Hoffman mostly with the Padres, Jansen all with the Dodgers. But the most interesting thing about that game was not Kenley Jansen's milestone. I thought that Kenley came off the mound, and it might be, okay, we're going into extra innings. That was in the ninth inning. Okay, Kenley gets his little happy moment, but can the Dodgers turn around their extra innings woes? Well, the Dodgers and Padres ended up playing a 5-hour, 49-minute, 16-inning marathon game. It was the first 16-inning game with the automatic runner rule, uh, where the runner starts the inning on second base. And after entering extras 1-1... to Neither team scored until the 15th inning, and the Padres were no hit from the 6th inning through the 14th inning. 
They got no hit for an entire game in the middle of a game and still almost won the game, mind you. This game was truly insane. You thought that as soon as the Dodgers got two runs, it was going to be over because neither team could score. Then, of course, Tatis hits a home run because why not? He's not going to go over seven. Although I think Machado went over seven in this game, and plenty of people did go over seven. over seven. Although I, although I don't think any Padres guys went over seven because of the intentional walks, probably. Yes. Uh, but also, that's another thing about this game. Didn't you say it was the most intentional walks in the game so it far? Was, there were 11 intentional walks in the game. The Do- So that was a, a record in Major League Baseball history. The Dodgers had eight intentional walks of the Padres. That's the most by any team in a single game. They did it, as you know, to employ a strategy of of walking two guys to load the bases with two outs to get to the pitcher who was hitting because... Who was hitting because Jace Tingler decided that uh, Jake Marisnik definitely needed to be in the game as a defender, uh, even though his bat is nothing. And then when he needed to pinch hit for him because the Dodgers got a solo home run to tie the game... He took him out for Tommy Pham in the 10th. What did he also do in the 10th? Well, he also took out Austin Nola, their starting catcher for a pinch runner, Hassan Kim. Now they've used three bench players. If you start to see where I'm going here, the trend is they use a lot of bench players. Then guess what happens? They need to pinch hit for their pitcher. And you want to know who they pinch hit? Well, you need a catcher in the game. So they double switch, put the pitcher spot at fifth in the lineup, which is very, very important. Then put the catcher as the ninth spot in the lineup when he pinch hits, and all of a sudden, they are out of bench players for the entire for the entirety of the game. Caratini does not drive a run in, and the game moves on to the 11th, and it starts to loom. Who's going to hit when they get to the pitcher spot? So, Dave Roberts walks Machado, walks Cronenworth multiple times Twice. to get to the pitcher spot with two outs and the bases loaded, in the bottom, uh, well, I guess in the bottom of the 12th and in the bottom of the 15th, I believe? Or in the bottom of the 14th. Yeah. And, in, I mean, this game is just ridiculous. But, but Roberts, by the way... Roberts intentionally walks them to put the pitchers up. And, uh, by the way, there was actually... Also, one of the one of the pitchers who was hitting was actually Daniel Camarena, who's famous for his grand slam yeah, off of Max Scherzer earlier a, in the a year. 500, 500 batting average going into that. Game. Uh, and also, they had Ryan Weathers, who as uh, who as the broadcasters described, he actually used to go to batting practice with, I believe it was his dad or his cousin that was yeah, in the league. And Adam right. Dunn was surprised that he was drafted as a pitcher because of how good he was as a hitter. He's a one sixty seven hitter as a pitcher, which isn't that bad. And they also pinch hit Joe Musgrove. So overall. Three pitchers hitting in RBI situations that could possibly walk off the game. That's awful. That's awful managing. And in the end, came back to bite the Padres. Dodgers end up winning 5-3 to three in 16 innings. Yeah, so the, the part about the intentional walks to get to the pitchers, both times it went to three ball counts. It went to full counts. And I think both times the pitchers struck out looking at balls down the middle. But it almost backfired on the Dodgers. And Dave Roberts looked brilliant. In retrospect, but the pitchers made him almost made him look like fools by almost walking the pitchers. I think there's no manager in the league. I mean, there's a very select few, maybe two or three of them right now, and Dave Roberts is not one of them, that have never made a decision where everybody has been shaking their heads at it, even if they don't even know that much about baseball, because it's very, very hard to make all good decisions, especially because you walk to get to the pitcher. If your pitcher walks the pitcher, that's not a bad managing decision. That's just a problem right. with commanding the zone. But at the same time, you're going to get the blame for it. Uh, so it does put a little extra pitch, 
And it does uh, put extra pressure. Yeah, exactly. Pitchers, and they weren't exactly the Dodgers' top line relievers at this stage. Th- that is also true. So, and that, and by the way, that's the reason why it would be judged as a bad manag- managing decision. But in the end, the Dodgers win, so well, he gets heralded as the as the manager playing chess, and Jay Stingler gets highlighted as a manager playing shoots and ladders. So we talked that you talked about the, the Padres batting woes in this uh, earlier when we were taking a look at the divisions in this series. Um, they played a 16 inning game. They played two nine-inning games. By my third-grade math, that's 34 innings. They had 10 total hits in 34 innings. And five runs, which is, and by the way, 34 innings is two innings away from four full games and would actually be the same as a one doubleheader game and then also full uh, two full games. Did they have three hits or four hits in the 16-inning game? I believe it might have been five. Four five, okay. I believe it might have been five. Anyway, a crazy, crazy game with a whole. I mean, could have been four though. There were three. There were three base runners that were out on in between third and on non force yeah. plays yes. that were at third base. That's that also true on both sides. Crazy yeah. stuff that went on during the game. Um, truly entertaining. I thank goodness I was uh, still three hours on Hawaii time. I was three hours uh, behind, so I was able to stay up and watch that. I did want to make a quick correction here. Uh, my old, my 50-some-odd-year-old memory was wrong. I don't want to be inaccurate. Al Kaline actually retired with 3,007 hits. He had seven hits in his rookie season, a rookie, in, his, in his call-up. Otherwise, he would have ended up like Roberto Clemente did, right on that 3,000 line. There was a guy by the name of Sam Rice who finished with 2,987. Just a little bit of a correction there. Uh, and by the way... That series, the series was not as entertaining as the last few have been. Close games, but only close because of mainly really stupidity. Um, And this game, I feel like 16 innings when both teams can't score doesn't feel like a great game. When you have the teams going 7-6 to and it's in extra innings, like there was one earlier this year, I believe, where the Dodgers ended up scoring, I think, 5 in the 12th. uh, And it, I think the game score ended 9-4 to or something like that in extra innings against the Padres on the road. That's interesting, but when it's one to one and neither team can score, and you're intentionally walking two people every every other inning, not as interesting. Uh, so not quite the most interesting Padres Dodgers series of the year, and also the second sweep of the year in that series. Although the first one was the Padres sweeping the Dodgers, now it's the Dodgers sweeping the Padres. But the Dodgers are obviously winning when it matters, as opposed to sweeping in April, which is a lot less important. Look at the 16 games difference if you ever need any reference for that. Uh, and by the way. This series, just by both teams, not great hitting on either side. The Dodgers barely got enough to scrape by, to be quite honest. Uh, and AJ Pollock really saved the entire series with with the two with with the two out RBI in in game one, a home run robbery in game one, then a two run home run in game in in this in this uh, in this extra innings game that ended up being the winning the winning runs. So really, AJ Pollock saving the Dodgers, and he leads the league in average since July seventh. Fun fact about AJ Pollock. But let's move on from this Dodgers-Giants series, or Dodgers-Padres series, and move on to something in the future. College football starts tomorrow morning. We have five games on the slate. Eh, Some of them not as interesting as others. Uh, Nebraska at Illinois is actually a good game, I would say, although not exactly the best teams, but uh, uh, probably what should be a close game. I believe the line for that game is only set at about seven, so it's supposed to be a pretty close one. Then you have UConn at Fresno State, not supposed to be a close game. Hawaii at UCLA, uh, which should be semi-close, maybe not the closest, but a good game. Uh, UTEP at New Mexico State, and then Southern Utah at San Jose State. So five games tomorrow. Uh, Watch them all if you can. They will definitely all be interesting because who doesn't want to see college football back? Uh, Although this is, of course, the unofficial week zero. 
And I will say there are four ranked teams in play on Thursday, though. So if you want to wait to get your real fill of watching some better teams, you might you might as well wait until Thursday. And we might talk about those uh, games on our upcoming podcast. Because that is the end of this edition of the 4th and 24 podcast. As mentioned, our next podcast on Monday, August 30th, we'll discuss the start of college football season. Maybe look back at those games and talk about the upcoming games uh, next Thursday. And we will also see the accuracy of Patrick's weekend predictions. In the meantime, please be sure to check out Patrick's additional content, including his MLB power rankings, but most importantly, as we head into college football season, including Patrick's prediction of the entire college football season, as we mentioned on our last podcast. That got posted a few days ago. Go check that out. See how your team's going to do. And then and see if I year, go 5-0 at the end of tomorrow. At the end of the year, we'll, we, every week we can check how you did if we want to really drill into it. But at the end of the year, we'll see how accurate Patrick's predictions for every single team in football bowl subdivision is. All of that on our website, 4thand24.com. That's the number 4, T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.